What is up? Welcome back to the Strong and Beautiful Show. This is Katie Muller, and I am the host and the creator of the show. And my entire goal of this podcast is to just cut the crap of the fitness industry and bring some truth and some light into something that appears to, at first, only bring us down. I want you to walk away feeling empowered with the knowledge of how truly strong and how truly beautiful you really are because you are so much more capable than you think. In today's episode, I am talking to Kaylee, who, if you know the song like Pocket Full of Sunshine, that is literally this girl. She is a bubbly fun, fantastic, bright ball of sunshine wherever she goes. And she brings the energy every time she shows up. And she's going to walk us through her journey of how she went from kind of this dark place of being in the depths of an eating disorder and turning her life around to where she can now help other women step into that food freedom and Find out that health and fitness doesn't have to be your whole life, but it can be part of your life and how that kind of mixes into everything else we're doing. So she's also going to kind of walk us through her protocol called Treat Yourself, and I absolutely love that mentality that she has, and I hope you guys will too. That is new. I've never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) That threw me right off. Okay, Kaylee, this is being recorded. Thousand ten. Welcome to the Strong Beautiful Show. (laughs) That was like a very warm welcome. This is being recorded, just so you know. That was funny. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Let's start out by telling us who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Cool. Well, thank you, my dear, for having me. Um, My name is Kaylee, and I am an online fitness coach. I live in Barrie, Ontario, which is not the worst place to be in the world, but it's definitely not the best place to be in the world (laughs) right now. Um, I help women to... um, I help women get confidence, ditch diets, and get a body they love through my online program, Uh, We take a non-restrictive approach to dieting and food. Uh, We do some strength training and we do a lot of mindset work. So I really help women. I always tell them, I always tell the ladies, I don't consider myself in the business of fitness and nutrition. I'm in the business of helping and empowering women um, be their best self and live their best life. And fitness and nutrition is just a vehicle that we use to Mm -hmm. get there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a cool approach because it's like, I think a lot of people have that all or nothing kind of mindset where it's either fitness is my whole life or fitness is not any part of my life at all. Mm -hmm. So what originally got you into fitness or into this realm? Yeah. My actually, I want to touch for a second on what you said about the all or nothing approach. Yeah, Um, sure. The thing with the all or nothing approach too, where women are either like fitness is my whole life or fitness is nothing to do with my life. That leads to like a lot of guilt, right? When they try to make it their whole life and they fail, that's when the guilt happens and we fall off. So in my program where like a lot of it is about like eliminating all that guilt. But back to your question, um, (laughs) my journey in fitness has been rather long. Like I have honestly actually been working 
in the fitness industry for 18 years. Okay. Um, yeah. So when I was, what got me started actually, when I was 14, my uncle, um, he was only 42, but he had a heart attack and passed away suddenly, but he was overweight, really unhealthy, smoked a lot. Um, but it was really devastating to my family and especially coming from like, like my immediate family, like my parents were mm-hmm. both really healthy, um, really active and fit. So I guess I kind of like realized then that that's not how everybody lives their life. So I kind of made it my mission to keep people like out of hospitals, help people increase longevity, um, quality of life. That was kind of my mission to start off, but it's really transformed over the years. Like for sure, for sure. Because as I went through my own fitness journey and like for myself, um, I became too obsessed with it. I developed an eating disorder. So I was on that all or nothing path for like a really long time myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally relevant. And it can go both ways, right? Like you can either be like with the all or nothing, the guilt, especially like what you just talked about, that can be on either side. Because if I'm all in on fitness, as soon as I eat a cookie, I feel guilty. But then it's also the opposite where it's like, I'm all out of fitness, but then I feel guilty for not moving. So it can really like, there is no winning on either side. And sometimes it does take like that kind of hitting rock bottom to realize that and turn that around into something that can be sustainable. So where at that point you hit that kind of rock bottom of I'm all in on this. I have this eating disorder. Where was the wake up call? Like what made you switch? That's a really great question. And it's really great to like come back to these. It's really great to, to be asked these questions and to come back to um, kind of my baseline and my past and my history. Cause it's really, I find it really easy to forget kind of where I came from. Um, the turning point for me, I was before, um, I was about to compete. I was getting ready to compete, um, nationally in weightlifting okay. in Vancouver. So I had like a month left to, before, um, we were flying there for weightlifting nationals. Um, we were actually in Mexico, at a wedding and you know what it's like when you go on vacation Mm -hmm. like it's all-inclusive there's all kinds of food there but I also had to make my weight class right it's a weight class sport I compete in a very um light weight class um and I was like eight pounds above my weight class so like I was just like here I am on vacation, supposed to be resting and relaxing and taking care of myself. And all I could do was obsessed with food and obsessed with what I was, um, how much I was supposed to weigh and the damage I was going to do to my weight and not going to be able to make weight. Um, and then it was actually even at that when I, when I was at in Vancouver at, um, the competition like at nationals and that was still going on because we like my whole family we all flew to Vancouver like three days before and my family like they'd never been there before none of us had ever been to Vancouver so we're like 
they want to go everywhere. They want to do things and like go out to eat and this. And I was just like obsessing. I thought I wasn't going to make weight. Um, and here I am in a sport that is focused on strength right. and not getting on stage, prancing around in a bikini, nothing against bikini competitors, but here I am a, a sport that's focused on strength and still having this massive struggle, um, yeah. with my body and food. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was definitely the turning point. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, like, and I think that's another good point that just kind of came up is it doesn't matter what realm you're in. There's always this toxicity that revolves around your body. And as much as it sucks to say that, like being a personal trainer or being a waitress or being a lawyer or like any profession that you choose has this image that you are supposed to portray. And then it's the same thing. Like just because you weren't in a bikini on stage doesn't mean you didn't have those same pressures and those same struggles. So I think it's almost comforting in a way to know that everyone struggles with that. Yeah. And once you realize that you can kind of take a step out and like zoom out and understand that I'm not in this by myself and other people have gone through this and they've made it through this. So it's okay. And I'm going to do that as well. And like, there is a path out of it. So where, like, what was the first step then? So you hit rock bottom, you were at that weightlifting competition. What was your first step to get out of that mindset? For sure. Um, I'd like to touch on something that you actually just said about knowing that you're not alone. So that was really how I got out of it. I actually had a friend share with me that she had was suffering from the same or had been or had in the past suffered from the same eating disorder. And also while I was on that trip to Mexico, I was with one of the girls I was with. She also had suffered from an eating disorder and she like did a lot of work with um, the national Institute for eating disorders. So her and I started talking about it. So like once you can talk about it with people and once you're comfortable, that's kind of like one of the first steps. So from there, um, I was directed to an eating disorder therapist whom I worked with for a long time. And now, you know what, I had to allow myself to gain some weight, but like, there's, there's a balance, right? Like you have to take care of your mind. And, and I mean, not having an eating disorder is not taking care of your body, but you, ha- I had to like let go of the obsession mm-hmm. uh, with with being in the lower weight class as an athlete, and let go of the obsession of like being lean and in what I was trying to portray, like as an athlete and like being in being in the eye on social media and even just like locally. So I had to kind of let go of all that and work through it, and um, I got pregnant shortly after. So I had to work through it like during my pregnancy too. Okay. Especially like having a little girl, right? Like that's, I think, honestly, I think that was probably like the biggest, the biggest thing that made me want to work on recovering um, was having a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Having a daughter because you want to show like when she is born nothing about her is imperfect. Like she is just completely perfect. And you don't ever think about like the quote unquote flaws of your daughter, because all you see is 
the beauty and the perfection and like this cute little innocent child. And that's literally how like there's somewhere along the line as we grow up that that switches off and we become aware. And I think it's a lot earlier now because we have access to social media and the people that we see on social media are not real for one. They are probably Photoshopped or Facetuned or whatever it is. And the ones that you see who maybe they're not Photoshopped, but they're super, super lean if you actually talk to that person or like see their health history, they're probably not healthy. They're probably not happy. They're probably not confident. And that's just a huge, huge thing to start raising our daughters into knowing something like that. I don't have any kids yet, but one day I will. And if I ever had a daughter, like I would, I would want to start that out right away. Like what you're saying. So with your business now, you obviously help women lose weight in a sustainable way, gain strength. But how do you kind of like, I guess, combine the nutrition and healthy quote unquote eating and the treating yourself? Because I know you have this treat yourself protocol that you take your clients through. And I love that. I think that's so cool. So walk us through like how, what does your nutrition look like then? How do you find that balance? Totally. So we really, we really try to um, focus on like 80, the 80, 20 rule, which is super common. 80% of the time, healthy, clean foods, 20% of the time, um, your fun foods. Mm-hmm. Or for some of us, our fear foods, right? Because a lot of us are still like trying to overcome the guilt and shame from specific foods and get over the fact, like work our mind around that we it is okay to eat those kinds of foods. Um, that being said, um, for myself, and I share this with my clients, like I had a week, this was when I was first trying to lose the weight for my daughter. I had a week where like I ate McDonald's every single day. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing, that was just the week I was having that week. And I still lost weight doing that. Um, You know what I mean? So like, it's not going to be a clear 80-20 all the time. Now, a lot of women that come into my space and come into my program. So we do use a calorie and a macro approach. We keep it on the higher end, um, slightly under maintenance. Or actually, a lot of women I work with, we actually have to start by reversing them and start them. I meet them where they at and where they're at and build them up because they've been eating so little for so long. Um, a lot of them still, even though they were given a calorie and macro amount to fill, they still really, really have a hard time incorporating foods they love. It's really, some of them, it's really hard to get them out of that. Like the second they hear, like the second they start working on their goals, their fitness and fat loss goals, they really still are in the mindset that they have to cut out all those foods. Fair enough, because that's what they, that's what they are brainwashed with, right? That's like the beliefs that have been put into our head. So what I have, the treat yourself protocol. So it's based on, I think it's principle number three of intuitive eating, Um, which I can't remember exactly what it is called right now, but part of it is centered around habituation, right? Mm -hmm. So if we allow ourselves to have 
So say like your food is a cookie, right? Say that's like the thing that you're like really try to stay away from. You're like, I can't have cookies because every time I have a cookie, I eat the whole package. So if that's your food, instead of saying, I can't have this food, because what happens as soon as we start to restrict, the obsession happens, we start thinking about it. And then eventually we gave, we give in, uh, that's when you eat the whole box of cookies instead of just having one because it's like the last supper phenomenon where you think you can never have it again. So you better have as much of it as you can right now. Yeah. Now you've undone everything that you've did. You still have that bad, you still have a very bad relationship with that food and probably yourself because you're probably guilting the hell out of yourself. So instead what we do is we make sure we plan that food into our week three to five times a week Mm-hmm. every day if we really want to so that we start to rebuild our beliefs around those foods um, and see that we can still eat those foods we can still be healthy and we can still love our body and have the confidence so it's all about habituation where mm-hmm. the more you're allowed to have something the less you really care about it yeah the less it bothers you yeah yeah totally and then like I'm sure that you have lots of people who initially come to you and they see you and your physique and your strength and they say, oh, you probably never have pizza or you probably never have this sort of food. And that's such a like, again, it's brainwashed into us to think that you have to eat clean 100% of the time or you're never going to hit your goal physique or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think it's a reality shock sometimes when I tell my clients what I eat <laughs> because yeah. like this past weekend, for example, like I had burgers on Friday and Saturday and then, yes. <laughs> yeah. and then on Sunday we had pizza and like, it's okay because I know that I can have those things whenever I want. So I don't need to overindulge. Yeah. Have them. Like I'm okay with just having the burger and moving on. I don't need to have, two, three, whatever. I don't need to have the full pizza because I know that like I can have more tomorrow if I wanted it. So it's it's just, yeah, the more that you let go of food rules, the less food rules you. Yeah. And then now you have control over your food instead of food having control over you. Yeah, it's all about taking like taking back your own power and like 100% some days like there are weeks where like we'll have pizza and then it's like, okay, cool. That pizza was awesome. Let's have it again today. So, you know, and that's fine. (laughs) It's completely fine. And some some days Colton and I will like split a small pizza and some days we'll each eat a small pizza and it is what it is. And it's all fine. Or sometimes I'll have pizza and then cool. I'm going to have ice cream too. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's, Yeah, it's just like I think it's sometimes a struggle to sh- to really show the balance to people, right? Cuz we want to show people on social media and our own clients like if I show pizza on if I show on my Instagram that I'm eating pizza, I don't want to I don't want to show that I'm eating pizza all the time and that's all I eat and I only eat pizza. I want to show when I'm eating chicken and sweet potatoes and broccoli too, right? Yeah, completely. And then that brings me to another point too. Like I was having this conversation uh, like a week or two ago uh, with one of my friends about food freedom and like having that idea that I can have this whenever I want doesn't mean that we do have it 
every time we want it. And so when you can allow yourself to say yes to it, when you really want it, you are also allowing yourself to say no, when you know that it's not going to get you where you want to be. So no, I don't say, yes, I want pizza every single time that like I crave it, or I don't go and get an ice cream cone every single time I'm craving ice cream, because if I did that, then that's not going to align with my goals anymore. But I know that I can say yes on occasion and I can say no on occasion as well. So it's having food freedom doesn't mean that you just eat whatever, whenever you want. It means that you now have control to say yes or no and feel good either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we say in my program is you can have anything. You just, you can't have everything, right? That just means like, not going to go about your day eating ice cream, donuts, and pizza all day long every day. Cause that's not just like you said, that's not serving your goals. That's not serving your health. That's not self-care at the end of the day. Um, and then the other thing too, having that control is remembering. And I know we've all experienced this is like, food bullying when we go somewhere and we don't want to eat something and people tell us like you're fine you can have it you should just have it but you're like the power is in saying like I don't want to if I had it I would have it but I don't want to yeah I actually I remember one time in high school I was out with a bunch of friends and one of the guys that was there was like, if anyone has anything green on their plate, like you're getting kicked off the table or something. And as if like, you're you're not allowed to eat healthy here. And I was like, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard ever. Like the only reason that somebody is going to project that onto you is because they haven't found food freedom yet. And so you can't allow somebody else's guilt about what they are eating impact your own conscience of what you are eating so it has to be and I think that again it comes from finding that balance between when do I say yes and when do I say no which is a hard balance to find but once you have it again you have that control and other people's comments don't have as much control over you either and when you are put in those situations you can now choose as well to take yourself out Because if you're always around those people who are saying those kind of things, then maybe you need to find new people to hang out with. I agree. It's a hard truth pill to swallow sometimes, but you have to find out who is on your side and who is trying to bring you down or keep you back from where you want to be going. Yep. Yeah, that's a tough So what was like the first step then, because you saw your therapist, what was one of the first things that they told you to start implementing that helped you like something monumental, I guess that somebody else could start to implement as well. Yeah. So including, um, foods that I was trying to avoid, because I think that's a huge, especially like if you have, um, a binge eating disorder, like part of it is that you're not eating enough to begin with. So, uh, implementing foods that I wasn't eating just on a small micro base level. Um, that was probably one of the first things. Yeah. Is that something that you would say to somebody like who is struggling with the all or nothing mindset? Is that something you would say like as a first step to that person or is there something else that you would kind of direct them towards? Yeah, that's definitely a first step. Like, of course, you know, everybody's like so, so different. Um, and everybody, everybody is at a different 
place. Some people are just try to generally restrict calories altogether and other people just try to restrict foods altogether, which, which leads them to overeating. So if we look at which foods scare them, I would say start very small incorporating those foods. So start with like, say somebody is afraid of pasta or something, just start implementing it once a week or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it again kind of leads back to the taking control over food and allowing yourself to say like food, food is just food. Food doesn't have emotions. Food doesn't have morality. Yeah. Like food is not good or bad. It's just food. So yeah, yeah that's a huge on the other hand, I also have clients and work with people that take it too far the opposite way where now all they're eating is like pasta and I have to be like, okay, let's see where we can incorporate maybe some vegetables into here too, right? We got to find that balance. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it comes back again to like, when do I say yes and when do I say no? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard balance to find for sure. Like we kind of said the whole time, but I think the first step is figuring out like, how can I fill my day with nutritious and like proper nutrient food and then fill in the gaps with the extra foods that I just love eating, like ice cream or whatever. It's where do we start with that? It's filling it first with good stuff. Yeah. And I, I do like have a lot of clients where we do, we really do have to do that. Once I start assigning them more food, and they're like, I can't feel these calories. And I look at their their food logs and I'm like, well, these foods, the foods you're eating are all great. We're looking at like clean one ingredient foods. So let's put some things you enjoy eating in there. So that's always something that we work around. And that's, I think, a, a way that people end up eating too little too, is that they're like, it all has to be clean. It all has to be only this kind of food. And I can't eat any of this food. So like, I can't eat like that and I can't eat more. Yeah, and that's actually so true because you can, like, let's say 1,500 calories is your goal calorie number. You can fill a lot of food in 1,500 calories. You really can. Like the vegetables or with lean protein. And you can still have room for those kind of treat foods, yeah. whatever. But it it's an eye opener. And I, I do use calorie counting or macro counting at the beginning stages for that reason to open up your eyes of like, Hey, you can actually eat a lot of food and still get to your goals. We just need to figure out which foods are going to serve you best yeah. and still serve your soul <laughs> at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And your soul. So yeah, that's huge. Cool. Well, one last question for you before I let you go. Um, what is just one thing not necessarily to do with like treat yourself or food, but what's one thing that you tell somebody who's just starting out on their fitness journey um, and doesn't know where to start? Oh, definitely like hire a coach that you feel aligned with whose message um, is really feels aligned with you or whose message triggers you a little bit because it challenges your old beliefs that weren't working for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And it, it sounds so funny because that's a very common response from coaches. Um, but if you talk to any coach, they have all been coached 
And those coaches are now coaches because they know the value of putting, yeah. yourself, like you said, in a situation where you're going to be pushed and you're going to be challenged and you're going to grow. So yeah. that's huge. I have a nutrition coach and a weightlifting coach still. Yeah, totally. And you wouldn't pay them if you thought coaching was a ripoff or something. So exactly. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I would tell somebody that's just starting out is don't work out with the goal of burning calories, work out with the goal of not just building a body you want, but building strength and doing things that empower your, that are empowering for your body. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. We could have a whole other <laughs> yeah. test on that alone, but yeah, that, that was a big game changer in my own journey too, because I Me always, too. how sweaty am I and how many calories did my watch tell me I burned? So and, many people, girl. Yeah, seriously. And today, for example, my watch told me I burned like 150 calories in my workout. But I know that I, that doesn't matter. And watches, one, also are not accurate. <laughs> That's a big no-no anyways. Um, but yeah, I know that like, yeah, maybe I didn't burn many calories because my heart rate wasn't super high. But I'm building strength. And now that muscle that I'm building is going to burn more in the future anyways. So yeah. Yeah. Amen. Cool. All right, Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on again. If anyone um, wants to find you and connect with you, where can they chat with Yeah, you? they can find me on Instagram. It's at Snack Size Fit Coach. Snack Size Fit Coach. Awesome. I love that. All right, I will put it in the show notes. If anyone listening also enjoyed this episode or you just want to chat some more, then find us both on Instagram. Take a little screenshot that you're listening put it up on your stories, take us and we can show you some love and yeah, we will talk to you all again next week.